there's a phrase by um, Elise Meyers that says, if I'm too much, go find less. And that's the thing that we will discuss today. I'm here with Katerina Snyder. We have such an amazing chemistry when we talk together that we decided to just make this happen often because this is so much fun and we get so much from it and people get so much from this conversation. So today we are talking about being too much and how this shows up in so many different areas for women specifically, because I have never in my life heard somebody telling a man that he's too much. <laughs> At least not a white straight cis like able-bodied man, right? Like I definitely know some gay men that have been told that they are too much. Totally, thank you. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's so true. That's yeah. so true, yeah. So it's usually too much, too much around anything feminine right feminine yeah. looking feminine uh, appearing but not anything masculine appearing like you're never too manly you're never too strong or too powerful or too loud like we have donald trump being loud and almost like an orangutan and nobody says that he's too much you mean in man uh, in man in men yeah 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 you know it's funny right like men really get crucified for for being feminine and then uh, again like we as women and and really like kind of all divergence i feel like anytime we diverge from what like we have been assigned by society as the appropriate identity and the the best and right way of being we're called too much yeah. um and especially when it is flamboyant and boisterous when it is in for women what I experience more than anything is like when it's in direct contradiction to what I am allowed to have and want yeah. um and allowed to be then it's just like you are labeled with this too muchness like it mm -hmm. is a scarlet letter oh yeah and that happened to you recently, right? You, you you were sharing in one of your stories that actually somebody told you that you were too much. It's... Yeah, I like honestly can't tell you how many times in my life it's happened <laughs> because yeah. it's, it's happened so much. Like it began in my childhood with my father telling me that I was too much, telling my mom that she was too much. Um, and I've had it in a lot of relationships and what's, What's really interesting is when I look at my past relationships um, with men, with cis men, is they basically have had one of two reactions of me, which is like, you're too much, you're crazy, you're a fucking bitch, like you, like just negative thing after negative thing after negative thing, you take up too much space, you're too demanding, you're too needy, you're too clingy, you have like all this shit, right? Or... On the other side, they're like, they think I'm the most exciting, thrilling thing ever. And, and it's been interesting for me to realize that. And I was really disappointed in my past relationship that when my partner came to me, he very much seemed to love and enjoy my too muchness. And then over the course of a few months, it very clearly became something that was for him too much and it was really 
heartbreaking for me because he continued to tell me that I wasn't too much. And yet all of his actions said the exact opposite thing. And, and that's another thing I think that happens with people who are too much is like, even sometimes when we're quote unquote, given permission to be too much at the actions don't support it. Right. The, the space isn't there for us to actually be too much. And when, when he like eventually broke up with me because I was just too much and he literally couldn't even, you know, be around me without feeling stressed out because I'm so too much. At first I was like, you know, I, I took it really personally and I was like, this is obviously, this is obviously proof that I am too much and I need to go to therapy and become less needy. And I need to just become more normal and vanilla and boring. And then thank fucking God that didn't last very long. And I was like, actually, fuck that shit. I'm going to turn up my too muchness. (laughs) 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 And, and very much like, and that's when I started writing, you know, kind of what I'm calling my like dating relationship sex manifesto, um, where I just am very unapologetically owning that too muchness. And I began, and I've begun to really look at who's saying this is too much. Yeah. Right. Like, especially in terms of the, the thing that stuck with me more than anything was this idea that you're too demanding, too needy and too clingy and therefore too much. And when I looked at where do those terms come from? They come from fucking patriarchy and they are only ever, they are never, ever hurled at white straight like cis straight able-bodied men right they are hurled mostly at women but they are also hurled at you know people who are gender non-conforming right or people of color like whatnot it's like um this idea that you were just too too much and I was like really the translation for it is you have high expectations and you want to be treated well and you're emotionally powerful yeah and I was like why would I shy away from that and so it's literally now like in the headlines of my dating profiles I'm like I am demanding as fuck clingy and needy and I will not apologize for it (laughs) and um yeah so that's kind of been my experience of late with the too muchness and it it just, it's really been speaking to me because I think it's something so many of us feel, yeah. um, all of us who, yeah. who are divergents. Like I had a, a queer cis male friend reach out to me after a video I did on it. And he was like, this, this is everything I feel, you know? So it's, that shit is real. Yeah. Fully agree. And as you said, it has a root in patriarchy absolutely the the worst crime of a woman is to occupy space right so uh occupying the space is okay for the mythical norm for uh the the cisgender male that is uh that, that is behaving like a man but the right. space for those that are divergent and in our culture even just being a woman is being divergent because yeah. uh, th- there is there is this circle uh, of of privilege where we have different levels of privilege. We're closer and further, and 
just being a woman, it's standing on the other side of privilege, right? But the whole the experience is not just for women, as you just said. But the idea is that we are meant to occupy as little space as possible, to be as little see, as unseen as possible. Like that's why culture is so terrified of bigger bodies. Yeah. Like, how dare you occupy so much space so shamelessly? How dare you be loud? How dare you demand to be seen? Like we were just talking about uh, um, um, thing for torturing women back in the in the 18th and, and 16th century, where the crime that women committed was speaking, just speaking too much. Not they, even they about were, anything in particular, just, just having words come out of your mouth. Literally. So they could be punished by having their tongues tied to a metal thing on their on their mouth like a like a dog with rabies and the thing is that who could consider if it was too much if she was speaking too much just yeah. it, it it was too much for a guy that was insecure about himself that was it and that has been the story of humanity for a long time it's just men being insecure about themselves and we see that still to this day with this fake hierarchy and we should totally talk about that one day of the alpha males that it's just a made-up hierarchy uh, and they they feel like any woman that there's to speak up that there's to be loud that there's to be powerful is too much yeah. how dare she challenge her his uh his status and the thing is that just existing in bodies that are not uh cis white male or that are female but are not tiny and not uh and not petite and not, and not young enough and not young enough and yeah. not polished enough so that yeah. they are desirable enough and yeah. even if they are so polished and, and so young they are still so needy and they yeah. try so hard. And then, <laughs> then, so then you try too hard and you're high maintenance. And like, like it's very important here that we acknowledge there is no way to win. Yeah, there's no way to win. That's the there, thing. Like you're, yeah, it's like you're either going to be too much or you're going to be too little. And it's like, there's no way to win. That is, that's what's critical here is that we've been given a standard that moves and that is like impossible to actually reach. Yeah. Uh, and it's on purpose. It's a rig game. Yeah. It's made to keep us going crazy constantly. Crazy of starvation. Crazy of insecurity. Crazy of fear of showing up and being seen. And then, oh my God, we I ruin it because I laugh a little bit too loudly. And, yeah. and oh my God, I ruin it because I, I spoke of my mind or I felt a little bit too intensely while we were making out. So that meant that he thinks that I'm a mess. So yeah. we are constantly wearing a, a, a mask to try to be just the perfect, the perfect size, the space and uh, 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 um, it just doesn't work like that because we are humans, not machines. A mask and a muzzle yeah. is yeah. what is what we're constantly, constantly wearing. And the crazy thing is, is that we have internalized it so much from our culture 
that we do it to ourselves as a as a, as a survival mechanism. You know, like one of the trauma responses that I struggle with and am working the hardest to heal is known as fawning, which mm -hmm. is literally when you turn towards your abuser, you turn towards the person during har doing harm and you, and you ask for more and you fawn over them and you tell them how much you love them and how much you want them and whatnot. And it's like, that was trained into me. Yeah. And it just is so... It, it's such a sort of perilous journey and it can be so challenging to, to get down to the root of our truths and to ourselves and then to honor them when we don't see those truths reflected back in the world around us at all. All we see are these parts of ourselves, whether we're too loud or we're too fat or we're too sexual or we're too, you know, too dark to like whatever it is we're constantly seeing that what we are is wrong and bad. And so we need to shrink ourselves literally and metaphorically. And that's the thing that that happens because the feminine as, uh, as in general, feminine traits, whatever, wherever they show up is seen as an object. Mm -hmm. The masculine is the subject. So, of course, the subject is complex and they are allowed to be complex and to be humans and to be people that show up in order their range of emotions. Yeah. But since women have been taught that we are the other, the object, the object of desire, the thing, we work so hard to be a desirable thing. Because we learned that our whole lives depend on that. That's why that's why the fond response is so much more common on women than it is yeah. on men. Yeah. Like, it, it was so shocking for me to hear that women are trained into the fawn and freeze response, yeah. while men are trained into the fight and and flight response. Yeah. So it. It's more common. It's not unique. Of course, there are many, many people of different uh, ranges of, of trauma responses, but women are trained by force. Like we are a slap into obedience. We are, yeah. we are really made to become obedient to a mythical norm. I love that expression by, by yeah. Audrey Lorde, the mythical norm, but we are really trained and tamed into obedience by a whole system. Uh, because we learned that our whole survival depends on that. But the thing is that we train to become desirable objects. And of course, an object can be quantified between too little and too much, just the right amount. That's an object. We would never quantify an individual, a, a subject. So for me, yeah. that is the origin of the, of the issue. Yeah, it's very... Um... Yeah, I, 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 it really, it really hits home just this whole idea of, it's like this intersection of the commodification of our sexuality, and then also just sort of the, the, like the repression of it as well, right, because it's so powerful, and, and one thing I noticed in this last relationship, and I, and I've noticed it in, in some of my past unhealthier relationships too, and this wasn't like an overtly abusive relationship, but it definitely was one in which 
I could not be my full self was when I started the relationship, my natural, I think, um, I feel most powerful when I'm in my dominance. Um, and when I'm really embracing just that really primal, raw, like female sexuality and dominance, you know, and, and that's how I entered the relationship. And we very intentionally like met under the context of me being the dominant and him being the submissive. And he really played into that. And, and then as the relationship went on, it became very clear that he wasn't actually submissive at all. And that is actually quite dominant. And because of my fawn response, instead of being like, oh, actually I should probably leave you because A, you've misrepresented yourself, not intentionally, but because he simply doesn't know himself. Um, and B, I have no interest in being with a man that is dominant in the way that you are. That does nothing for me, it's toxic. And what I noticed I began to do though, instead was I got quieter. I became more submissive. I started asking for less and less. And I became more and more scared of speaking up and like saying what I wanted and needed. And I literally like physically shrunk myself. I tried to become like less like sexual in my appearance. I stopped like, because normally I'm like, I'm very forward with people like, in a consensual way, obviously, but like, if I want sex from you, I'm going to like, I will pound on your motherfucking door. Like I have zero (laughs) issues with that. Um, I am like, (laughs) I am like bossy as fucking bad. Like, um, and all of that just faded away. And I became this scared little girl. Yeah. Because that is what patriarchy has trained us to do. That is what all of my past abusive relationships have trained us to do. And for him, because he doesn't understand all of this patriarchal work, and he literally got to the point where I couldn't even talk about patriarchy around him without him getting like personally offended because it hurt his feelings. Yeah. And, but I was so hooked in then because of how he had presented himself and because of the power that had existed between us when I was fully in my power as as like in a dominant role. Um, And because of just all my past, I really got kind of hooked in there, you know, for several months until he left and just was like, you know, he had someone in his, in his life pass away. And I was the very first thing he cut um, because I was too much, you know, and um I literally remember him yelling at me in the final conversation we had, I can't meet your needs. And, and it was very shameful. I I don't think that he, he meant it that way, but it was like hurling shame at me. Like, how dare you have so big of needs? And he did the whole bullshit of like, you deserve better and blah, 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 to which I told him to fuck off. Um, (laughs) um, But the whole thing of like, The number one too much thing about me are my needs and my expectations. And I think that is just what we are trained into in this society as women and then just as other kinds of divergence. And as a result, we have to actively fight against the the, what has become almost muscle memory for us to fawn 
Yeah. Right. And, and to like, to freeze, I did not scream. No once during any of the four different partners who have raped me i can barely get the words out yeah even if someone stops and is like cat are you okay what do you need right now sometimes i can't even speak exactly yeah during good pleasurable sex i literally can't even speak mm-hmm. because that is how intense the training is in our society yes oh my gosh uh- I feel you so much because that is the story of so many of us. That's literally how it works, right? The the blaming, how you you don't deserve you, you deserve much better. And the whole oh gosh, the whole training into phoning. And what I was thinking is about how the way in which we are trained to phone, it's because we are trained to fear that we will be unlovable mm-hmm. if we as we are as we are yeah. if we don't change if we are not that that person that that we are expected to be we will be unlovable that's the worst yeah. threat i i i was reading a book by Laurie penny called mm-hmm. unspeakable things mm-hmm. and that's precisely her point at some point she says okay women can endure violence but the threat that we cannot endure is that we will become unlovable. Yeah. Because we have learned early on that that is the worst thing that can happen to a human being. And and of course, because we, we know in a very primal level that being unlovable means that we are in danger, right? That, that we are going to be kicked out of the tribe, that we are not going to be taken care of, that nobody is going to provide or to protect or to give or, you know, whatever. So we learn evolution. Yes. Yeah. Like, just like, (laughs) we're just talking biology and evolution here. Yeah. It's so primal. Uh, So this fear of being unlovable keeps us funny. And the thing is, uh, because we learned that for, uh, I love Kelly Deals. I'm going to quote her on this. Um, cis men are allowed to be unlikable while women are terrified of being unlikable so on us is the burden of likability we, we need, we're nice okay yes. sure i'll please you i'll keep you happy yes. because uh the power lies on the one that is allowed to be unlikable that's the power dynamic so when we notice who in the room is allowed to be a jackass, to be unlikable, <laughs> yes. that's the person that's holding the power. Yes. And I think it's so, there's so much entitlement around that and the too muchness that is displayed by like, you know, the heteronormative alpha cis male is like, it's okay. So if you're, it's okay to be too aggressive. It's okay to be too jealous. It's okay to like, like all of that too muchness is, is not only permissible, but it's actually treated as making them more desirable. Yeah. <laughs> right. Whereas it's like, and, and, and here's where I think it's important. It's a lot of ways to almost like completely ditch gender here is that for instance, my husband's like a, a wonderfully soft and tender man. 
He never gets angry. He never gets jealous. He never yells. He has none of that, you know, male toxicity and and that masculine toxicity. And like, he has struggled so much in his life because of it, because again, anything that deviates from, like you said, the mythical norm is seen as too much. Yeah. And, and yeah, the whole, like, we're not allowed to be likable. Like I think for me, I don't know about you, but that's why I really love reclaiming terms like bitch and slut and crazy. And like, you know, I'm like, yeah, that's me. Like, Call me all of those things because we know what it really means is you just can't deal with a woman who says what she wants and goes out and gets it. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And as you said, I love that. Uh, it goes on both uh, on every direction, right? I know that uh, for my husband, it was the same story. He felt the need to learn how to be an, a, a stronger man, to to be tougher, to speak like with a graver tone. Yeah. To get more angry, and for me, that was heartbreaking. Because the man I fell in love with was the man that was soft, that was mm. gentle, that was yeah. kind, that was that that couldn't get angry that easily. That you know that for me those were the the attractive things, the attract the attractive traits. But those are traits that are called feminine. Yeah, <laughs> and it, the thing is that patriarchy doesn't stand feminine traits. Yeah, it hates anything remotely feminine, and yeah. for me, just the power of naming it as it is. Like patriarchy hates women and hates feminine traits and hates everything that is uh, what they consider the other, uh, and it just ex- uh, exalts and celebrates everything that they consider the masculine, which is it's violent and it's and it's unlikable it's actually unlikable who wants to be with a person that it's that it's cruel or angry or 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 infuriating but so all this to say the traits that are considered too much are usually traits that are either too feminine in the sense of not not the feminine you know the cutie one and the soft but the feminine as the uh, as laughing loudly gossiping and talking and having hours and hours of long conversations, uh, being very deep and emotional when we are connecting to our sexuality and our pleasure. Yes. Be, yes. Like all those traits that are actually more feminine than the, than the idealized feminine, that are really, really, really um, closer to our nature, which is bigger, occupying space, louder, this I, I remember the first time I personally heard that I was being too much was as a child because yeah. I was laughing too loudly. Yeah. You you don't just get punished for being too much in a quote unquote with negative emotions, like not just for being too sad or too angry or you know, too whatever. You I the same, I also got punished for being too excited. for being too enthusiastic, for laughing too loudly, for talking too excitedly about something like there's no space in any direction. Yes. Yes. How frustrating. I, I th- Those are the exact things that, that got me labeled as too much. I was too excited to eat sushi because I love sushi. And I received the plate and it was like, yeah, I'm 
like, gosh, look at you. What's yeah. wrong with you? What's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah, I was and, uh, like, and, and, and sorry. Oh, and I realized no, later on that many of those traits that made me uh, be too much are actually autistic traits. The fact that I am autistic. Oh, it's an ableist thing. Yes. Yes. The fact that I am autistic made me too much. I was too childish because I was literally walking and almost dancing when I was walking, and I or I was too playful, or I was too innocent. I was too too much of my own neurodivergence, and and that is something that I just learned very recently. Because it's underdiagnosed. In women, and we're really gaslighted a lot in the various healthcare systems. I think that goes across a lot of a lot of different countries. Um, and and yeah, it's just like, and it's even again, there's the no win. Like, you know, on the one hand, it's like we're encouraged to be as hypersexual as possible, but then like I have experienced in multiple relationships, men making fun of how sexual and turned on I get. You know, and me coming on to them and being like, whoa, calm down. You're so horny. And it's like, there's no way to avoid the shame of being too much. Mm -hmm. It is just hurled back at you again and again and again. And even what I know I find so frustrating is after it's been lured out of you and you've been told be too much. Your too muchness is sexy. Your too muchness is desirable. Be that. I want that. Give me all of that. And then you do. And they're oh, they're like, oh, well, that's too much. <laughs> and I'm just like, motherfucker, you asked for that. Right. I'm like, I come with very clear warning labels. I tell you I am a hurricane. I tell you I'm going to tear you to shreds in the bedroom. And like, I tell you all of these things. And then, and you're like, yes, I want it all. And then you complain about it because it doesn't fit into your pretty little box of what a passionate sexual woman should be. You have this very defined idea of what, for instance, a dominant woman should be, right? Like there's all these men that are like, oh, I want a dominant woman, but they don't actually want a dominant woman. They just want one to play the role where they're dictating everything that happens. Yes, yes, oh, yes. That is... I didn't really discover that until I began to like publicly identify as a dom and had, you know, more and more submissive men coming to me. And it's hilarious how much they try to control everything and how much they tell you what your dominant should look like and be. And, and again, I'm not talking about healthy consent and negotiation and boundaries. I'm not talking about that. I'm literally talking about all the men that show up on my online doorstep and are like, oh, I want you to dominate me. Here's what to do. Here's how you should look. Here's what you should wear. Here's how you should act. Here's how I want to feel after. Make sure you do this. Oh, and then afterwards too, I'm like, I don't really care about you. Beyond this, you were basically a dopamine vending machine for me. And yeah. Oh, and then also too, I don't want to pay for it. So don't send me to one of your pro-dom friends. Yes. Oh my God. Those books really uh, make me lose my patience. They really make me lose my patience. And and we go back to the same thing. It's because we are an object for their desire, for their pleasure. How dare you charge me? I had had a guy just recently, um, literally 
accusing me of wanting to lose him because he came to my coaching discovery call and, and I was like oh yeah these are my prices you want to be coached by me these are my prices oh you're just interested in money you're so selfish you don't <laughs> care about me it's like oh, dude no of course I don't care about you I don't know you but but that's that was truly offensive for him and, and for these guys that you mentioned because culture tells men that they are the fucking center of the universe. Yeah. Especially their penises. Yeah. Their penises are just like the be all end all of everything. The the phallus. Oh my God. You should yes. just honor yes. them. And, and <laughs> <laughs> we dress for them. We exist yeah. for them. We do everything yes. we do for them. Like the, the other day I was uh, hearing a podcaster, just a little part because uh somebody was criticizing him so gladly i didn't endure the whole thing but this guy was saying did you i have never met a woman that has a real hobby it's like everything they do they do it to try to get our attention and we were like dude that that's that's their mentality they really feel that we exist for their pleasure i yeah. i, I I really love the book Entitled by Kate Main because she describes that so thoroughly. She says, okay, men actually think that they are entitled to a woman's labor, attention, body, connection, sex. Uh, so all of this that you're, that you're saying, it's because they feel entitled to yeah. your sexual energy to your dominance like that's why you're going to do this with my rules and for free it's like dude they they are so fucking entitled because culture tells them that their penises are the center of the universe and for me that is that is something that really needs to change right now we cannot just keep keep pampering these guys and saying oh it's okay he just yeah. needs to grow no they, they need yeah. to be to be talked out of that way of thinking. There's there's definitely too much permissiveness. And I know like one of the things that, that one of my one of my best friends and I have been discussing of late, because our, our primary interest that we share as patriarchy is sometimes the guys that like think they're woke can actually be the worst yeah. because they then tend to be like at least the guys are just openly sexist and misogynistic. They're not pretending to like be something yeah. they're not but there's a lot of guys out there that have like they know a little bit about patriarchy they know a little bit about like how to do things differently and and so they're like yeah like I am I'm different and I remember this ex of mine literally when we started dating he was like I'm different than other cis white straight like able guys I'm not the same as them and then literally within the first week I started noticing various toxic behaviors and I started calling him out and it's like at first he was very receptive to it um but then like it didn't last he couldn't handle it he's like any feedback that I gave him he took his personal criticism and I'm like I'm just holding up a mirror and letting you look at yourself um and that's the other thing too is right is this this coming to a relationship with a woman to be coddled and to be raised up and it's like and I'm not talking about healthy nurturing in a relationship I'm talking about I want to like drain you of your light so that I can feel good about myself, you know? Yeah. And like anything that you demand from me in return is too much. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's like, it's always, it's always 
too much, regardless of what realm it is in, there's always something that we're asking for that's too much. And yet they, because of their entitlement are allowed to ask for the fucking universe. And, and yeah, I mean, that's like, that's something I put in my manifesto. I'm like, I'm going to ask you, give me the sun, the moon, and the stars, and you're going to love it most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Speaking of that, I would really love to hear about your your dating. Um, oh my god, the the the. Oh, I forgot the word. Help, help the man- me out. They ha- the manifesto. Have manifesto, manifesto. Yeah. About your dating manifesto. So do you want? Do you want me to read it? So I, I kind of have it in various parts. Some is just like what I want in a relationship and in love and who I am, very unapologetically. And then I also have written a sort of a manifesto about who I am as a female dom, because there's so much stereotype, right? Around like, this is what you're supposed to look like. This is how you're supposed to act as a female who is dominant. And for me, I really rejected all of that as well, because it's all cultivated by men for men, right? So um, let me, let me, I, let me open up and I'll, I'll read you a section or two of my dating manifesto. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, and it, some of it too is just like very, um, it's about what I want. And it's also too, just like, it's very, um, it, it's just, it, it's instructional almost as well, because I think that's also what people need. So here we go. I am not for most of you. And that's why I'm special. No one has ever called me normal, boring, or average. I'm neurodivergent, intense, sarcastic, wild, bewitching, analytical, kinky, self-aware, intuitive, spontaneous, and I'll drive you crazy in all the best and worst ways. I'm moody as fuck and I'm done apologizing for it. I have a lot of big emotions and feelings and I openly express them whenever I feel them, which is daily because we all feel every day. Um, this means one minute I'm laughing, the next I'm crying, then brooding and analyzing, then lost in awe and wonder at the beauty of the world. Exciting is a word my exes would use to describe being with me. Life-changing, not for the faint of heart. And if you would say she's a fucking crazy bitch, to which I'd say, why, thank you. (laughs) Um, I am as fierce as a hurricane, as gentle as a summer breeze, and as resilient as a rainbow on a cloudy day. I am passion and paradox incarnate. I will never stop growing and evolving. And I hope that you're the same. I hope you're as deep and complex as an ocean, as all consuming as a tropical rainfall. I hope that you've lived so fully that you've shattered and then recreated yourself as beautifully as Japanese Kintsugi uh, a thousand times over. I am not your path to liberate to the liberation you crave, but are not courageous enough to cultivate on your own but I will welcome you into my life of liberation if you're brave enough to stand beside me publicly, knowing that it will shake up your life and change it forever. If the question, who are you, makes you sweat, run away. I say this because I spend most days and nights thinking about doing and talking about self-discovery, human behavior, feelings, relationships, social justice, personal growth, sexuality, and spirituality. These are my primary interests, business, and life's work. I want to share all of this with my partner. My foundational needs in a relationship are emotional and spiritual intimacy expressed through long, deep conversation, daily check-ins, open two-way discussions about feelings, reciprocal support, shared meaningful experiences and life goals, and a lot of physical affection. This includes sex and kink in which we are able to freely express ourselves 
and be fully present in the ecstasy of our connection and the womb of energy that it creates. Know this, most normals aren't anywhere near emotionally intelligent, interesting, and courageous enough for me. Dating me will never feel like dating a regular person. I do not love like a normal person. I will bathe you in a kind of love you have never experienced and it is like no other. I will not shrink myself because I want a relationship in which the brightness of our individual lights combines to make us something truly greater than the sum, a light that radiates out far beyond us and betters the world. I'm demanding as fuck and I and I'm unapologetically clingy and needy because really they're just terms the patriarchy came up with to degrade women with high expectations who are emotionally powerful. You know, women who are too much and who will accept nothing less than singular devotion and the deepest intimacy. Because why should we? Anyways, that's just a little blurb about it from it. Um, but yeah, it's just very, it's just very, this is exactly what I want. I don't care at all about what I'm allowed to want. I don't care at all about wanting too much. Um, and I just let myself rant and just add to it so unapologetically without the slightest concern or consideration of would it actually attract people to me, but rather I'm just going to be, which is my philosophy in the rest of my life and in my business, 10,000% myself. And when I do that, when I own it, the right people will come to me. Mm, I feel so inspired and so on fire hearing you it's so <laughs> powerful it's oh my gosh i i feel you because it feels like a deep calling the thing is when we give permission to ourselves to express our true being we are giving mm -hmm. permission to others to actually mm -hmm. be themselves yes when you're giving yourself this permission to be the freaking force of nature that you are you're giving me permission to be the force of nature that i am because yeah. we're no less than that there's such a powerful transformation and flavor to our essence that we we do uh uh, uh we do harm by by pushing it down when we the world would benefit from yeah. our essence our power and we see that in the world you know women that are changing the world are women that are forces of nature that are yeah. daring to be too much we yes. see Maya Angelou being unapologetically too much we see Andrew Andrew, Andrew uh, Audrey Lordy being too much. We see yeah. um, we see the women of Iran being too much. We see, uh, and I'm sure their, their dictator is really thinking that they are too fucking much. We see the women in, in Mexico that are manifesting for the to stop the violence in Mexico to be too much. And they are terrified. They, they just categorize the feminist movement as more dangerous than the terrorist cartels in Mexico because they are terrified of how too much women can be. So yeah, be afraid because we <laughs> have so much to change. We are forces of nature and you allowing yourself to say, this is who I am, take yeah. it or leave it. I'm not shrinking myself to, for you or anybody 
gives permission to everybody around you to be that way. Yeah. And it's really, it's really interesting how people respond to it. You know, it's like, you, you definitely get a lot of, I literally had uh, someone message me once and be like, your profile is way too long. No one has time to read that. <laughs> and, like, and then I have other people again, uh, of all genders of all different types of divergence that message me and are just like, they see that it's a call to arms. Like, yeah. right. Like, I love what you said about it being a deep calling and about how it like, it, it sets others on fire as well. You know, and it was funny, I actually like put some of it in, um, in a group on FetLife that I'm on and like, they took it down cause it was too long. And I was like, it wasn't too long. You just couldn't handle a woman talking like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's so just like, it's just like putting it up even though you're going to get rejected, there's going to be spaces that it kick, that you get kicked out of, you know, there's, there's serious life-threatening danger for a lot of women around the world who are embracing this too muchness. Yeah. But I loved what you said about women who are daring to be unapologetically too much are the ones who are changing the world. And we don't need men to lead us. We need them to stand behind us and support us. Yeah. We don't even need them to stand beside us necessarily. Cause I don't, the power that, that women have, the power that divergence have versus the power over that the mythical norm has is there's a wildness and a chaoticness and a really revolutionary characteristic about it that I don't think that, you know, that, that sort of stereotypical male will ever be able to, at least not right now in their current form, yeah. really stand beside us with, they need to just like lay down the fucking carpet and support the path that we are blazing, understanding that the one that they have blazed is burning the world. Oh, yeah. I fully agree with you. I fully agree. I feel like um, cis men at this point really need to start looking inside and working on themselves yes. and let us divergence to lead the fucking way because yes. they are, they, they have their chance. And they, <laughs> yes. and they and a lot of harm. Yes. And, and I love that you specifically pointed out that like they need to do the inner work because that's how they can best support us is yeah. look at your shit, right? Yeah. Like don't like learn a few things and then say you're an ally, but be completely unwilling to show up. Like one of the things that I repeatedly get told by cis white straight men is that they are unwilling to be publicly associated with me because of how I show up. They are literally, they're like, oh, well, it would be bad for my career, or I don't think my family would like it. And, and, the, and then they're just like, they're like, I don't think that's fair of you to ask of someone. And I'm just wow. like, wow, cowards. Yeah. I, I really feel like cis men need to do two things, therapy and washing their ass. Like just learn to do those two things. <laughs> Although 
even that, here's the interesting thing about like my ex is that one of the things that attracted me to him is that he had done a bunch of therapy after his divorce. And then when we got together, I started noticing some of these toxic traits and I was like, nah, you might want to go back to therapy. And then he comes back from therapy and is like, the only issue is that I don't take good enough care of myself. So that's the focus of therapy is for me to do more self-care because that is... That's the issue here. It's oh. not that I actually have any toxic oh. masculinity or anything. Give me, give me one second. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Yeah, just, no worries. Just one, one second. I will. No worries. So you were sharing with me how your, your ex, uh, after therapy, he realized that he needed to, to take more care of himself. Yeah. And I mean, he also, I guess his therapist asked him, and it's funny because it was a woman therapist you know, it was like, it was like, who are you? And he didn't, he didn't know who he was. And I guess it was something that he hadn't realized before. And like, you know, I mean, yeah, self-care matters, but it's like, it's funny. Even as I share this with you, I feel shame about it. And, and I feel like an asshole that I'm like calling it out and that I'm even saying that. And that is again, that you're not a lot like, right. You're not allowed to say stuff about sort of the people on the top of the power pile. You're not allowed to call this stuff out. Like, how dare you? Like I physically in my body right now feel afraid yes. because of what I am publicly speaking about. And that doesn't happen a lot with me. Like that's how visceral and deeply embedded this fawning and freeze response is. This is how afraid we are of yeah. being too much yeah oh yeah yeah um oh i feel that deep in my chest because i have been writing a book for the last couple of years and i swear that i just i i have the whole chapter in my mind and then i don't dare to write some of the things that i want to write because that could be exposing my husband or my father or my grandfather so, uh, uh, okay, but they too are not alive anymore. Yeah, but what if somebody uh, changes the way they see, they saw them? Yeah. Uh, uh, what if we break the image of who they were? Uh, and that is all about phoning to the patriarchy. It's all yeah. about not wanting to be the person that, that signals how messed up they were. Uh, and that is... That, that is really a huge part of the problem that we really learn to be that way for our own safety. Um, and yeah, I, I feel you so much on that. And also on the therapy part, my husband at some point early in our relationship, when it was in its worst point, um, went to therapy and the therapist just messed up things more like she she told him that I was emotionally abusing him because I was asking him to talk with me so yeah. uh, so it was like oh if you don't want to talk you shouldn't talk ever so it's okay she's emotionally abusive and we're like Dude. Yeah. so yeah, yeah I, I'll take that uh and make an expand on it men need feminist therapy and to work on being on actually decomposing patriarchy inside of themselves. Yes, because <laughs> like literally the exact same thing happened where he came into the relationship. He was very open. He was talking about his feelings and whatnot. And then he starts going to therapy. He completely stops talking about his, like about all of his feelings. He stops communicating about like all of that. 
And suddenly I am the asshole for, and I'm like the bad person because I'm not respecting his way of processing and dealing with things. And I'm like, I told you who I was from day one, you know? And like, what I'm asking you to do is to communicate. And, and again, sometimes people need time. Sometimes they have to do it in their own way and that's totally okay and healthy. But I think what, and this is one of the things that this has really taught me. And I kind of had this sense already is how patriarchal mainstream psychology is and how like therapy can fuck you up. I have been in and out of therapy for 27 years and I have had therapists that were life-changingly good and life-changingly bad. Mm -hmm. And we go into it, especially men, and they get so much fucking credit just for walking in the goddamn door right? They're just like, oh my God, you showed up at therapy, gold star for fucking you. And like, that's what happened when I did like marriage therapy with, with my second husband, literally the therapist, again, it was a woman spent the, almost the entire time placating, placating him and telling me about how great he is and how I need to be like less controlling and less demanding and all these things. They are perpetuating patriarchy in the way that they are doing therapy. Yeah. And like this, I mean, I grew up in a family of psychologists. This is a very new realization for me, how patriarchal it is, how colonized it is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's just like mainstream psychology has some like real fucked up shit that is not actually helping people, especially cis white straight men. Yes. Oh, oh, thank you. That's so powerful. I love that you bring that to the conversation because that's so important. I feel like uh, really the work that needs to be done from it needs to come from the deepest part of decolonization. Starting to understand how deeply patriarchal psychology, medicine, uh, business, uh, the way in which we run the world has been deeply affected by patriarchy. Even the way we were talking earlier about coaching, right? My industry, sexuality coaching, it's disguised as female empowerment, but it has so much patriarchy, ableism, white supremacy, uh, cultural appropriation and abuse in its in itself that people really don't see just like fish don't see the water they are swimming in it takes a lot of inner uh, exploration and a lot of listening to the people that are not usually listened to I feel like Mm. that's the thing we have this tendency of of listening first uh, and being understanding to the ones that oh my god sorry (laughs) okay (laughs) So sorry, I just had the, the craziest cramp of on my toes. They just went into the weirdest shapes and I just was trying to keep myself together to breathe through it. And I just couldn't. <laughs> it was so painful. I, I don't even remember what I was saying. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I think we were on like a rant about how, um, just how baked in colonization and patriarchy and ableism and like heteronormativity and all that kind of stuff are to things like mainstream psychology. You're talking about sex coaching and about how much of it is basically patriarchy disguised as female empowerment. Um, 
And and yeah, when you have patriarchy disguised as female empowerment, you are too much. Yes, exactly. Exactly, exactly. That is so scary because you know who usually is? Uh, I mean, of course, usually women are, are categorized as too much very easily. But you just said that earlier in the conversations. The ones that get the most these labels are the ones that are the most divergent. You know, the bigger bodies, the, the bigger, uh, the older we are, the the uh, further we go from the mythical norm, the more we are going to get categorized. No matter what we do, at some point, it's just about existing. It's mm -hmm. not, it, it, at some point, it doesn't matter if we, keep saying things that are scandalous or not it's just yeah. existing how dare you exist yeah. in a body like that how dare you speak loudly how dare you be uh you know without makeup or how dare you how dare you i and i feel like that is just a testament of where the fight is at this point uh when it comes to decolonization we need to just there to be uh, and to show that on their faces that we exist and we are going nowhere i i think too that it's especially important to like and what i see that is one of the most inspiring things to me right now is literally the people who just like just their mere existence is an offense to the mainstream they are increasingly no longer just existing they're actually being demanding Yeah. And I think that there is something so revolutionary about that because, but you're right also at the same time, like literally just existing in the world, yeah. you know, when, when you're really different is, is just profoundly, you know, dangerous and changing, but then it's even more powerful, you know, when we stand up, we do that. And I know I have, like, I have one client who it's like, with her network and everything for her to stand up and to be saying the things she's going to be saying are going to be so wildly revolutionary because of for simply just because of how old she is yeah. right you know it's like a, an almost 70 year old woman talking about sex like how fucking dare you <laughs> right yeah. like it's and and to just really own this too muchness especially when you spent so much of your life not being too much doing everything you can to not being too much and then usually sliding too far into the other direction and being too little yeah exactly just earlier today i was listening to an interview um to uh, tenoch huerta who is the actor that's going to be in namor in the new black panther film and he's a mexican guy and he has been working very much on racism in Mexico like he's creating a movement called uh, Poder Prieto which is something like brown power and he's really working on, on on this understanding of how racism is working in Mexico how we how we have baked so much racism and disguised it as everything but racism we didn't call it for what it was so he was just having a conversation in this interview about how he tried so hard to pass as white, to to dress up nicely, to to polish his his tone and his vocabulary, to to dress up in a way that seemed whiter, so that he would 
be accept, accepted in the in the circles of white Mexicans, of Mexicans that think they are white. And the truth is that no matter what he ended up doing, he was still rejected. He was still not enough. He was too dark. He was too Mexican. He was too much. So uh, what he said was at some point he just stopped, realized that that was hurting his essence. And the thing that inspired him to realize that was that his nephew, uh, who was six years old, was being bullied for being brown. So um, he saw how she was suffering and starting to be depressed. And that, that really pushed him to realize that the things that he was normalizing in himself were actually deeply hurting his nephew and his niece. It was a niece, sorry, it's a girl. So um, the thing is that now that he embraced who he is, He's there in a Hollywood film representing a, a Mexican god, Kukulkan, in all his feathers and glory. And that thing that he was trying so desperately to hide is the one thing that right now it's pushing him up to the to the top of the mountain. And for me, that is a huge lesson of oh, oh wow. <laughs> the the reward of being too much, I think, is bigger than the risk. There's definitely risk. There are people that will hate on you like it's nobody's business. But when you unapologetically embrace all of the things that you have been told are too much about yourself, you magnetize people to you. And I think that one of the things you said earlier was how like when you own it, you empower others to do the same. And the reverse is also true. When you hide your too muchness, when you hide your divergence, you then communicate to everyone around you that has the same too muchness and the same divergence that they should be ashamed of it also. And so we, I think a lot of people don't realize that when we do shrink ourselves, when we don't embrace our too muchness, we don't embrace our divergence, we're not only harming ourselves, but we're actually harming others as well. And that's why it's not the path forward. Fully, fully, fully agree. I feel like we should just understand that as the most important thing of this conversation. It, being too much empowers others to be as big and powerful as they were meant to be. Being too little disempowers others. So if we really want to work on social justice, to create a better world, to create a better tomorrow, this is the place to start our own selves embracing the complexity and totality of who we are yeah beautifully said thank you for having me well thank you so much for this conversation it was so much fun with the cramps and everything <laughs> it's okay to have unstructured, messy podcasts, you know, it's like, they don't all have to be perfect. I think it's overrated. Exactly. Right? exactly. It's totally okay to be messy and not perfect. I just, I actually, today I allowed myself to show up in my bed instead of in my little office and to, and to be messy and to go like, okay, I just feel like you're sitting here and just be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome and in the messiness. 
<laughs> yes. And, and that's like, I, and that's another thing. When we show up messy, we allow other people to show up messy too. And yeah. I just think that the world needs more of that, more yeah. of the realness. Totally. Thank you so much for this conversation. It's been so much fun. As usual, we always have the best conversation. <laughs> They are wild adventures. They are so unscripted, y'all. Like we, we're just like, we pick like a short little topic and then we're like, okay, let's wing it. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where the magic happens. Exactly. Exactly. We just go like, okay, we want to discuss this and this and this. Let's just bring yeah. it. We have so much to say and we, we trust that we, that we have the same vision when it comes to this topic. So it's so cool. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you. I so appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful, beautiful night and thank you everybody for listening. <laughs>